Welcome to Style Section, the Wise Guy Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And hoo-hoo! Are we closing in on the end of this first season really, really, really quickly? Well, oh, yeah. Such a good set of episodes this week. Uh, so let's get jump right into it with Phantom Pain. Okay, so we we pick up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, where do you start, right? I just such a sad episode. It's it's heartbreaking, and uh, one of the best examples of gaslighting outside of the movie Gaslight. Gaslight, yeah, I know. Like, like, boy, they make their references periodically. I know, uh, and see, the problem is. People now use a gaslighting to just mean anytime somebody lies to you. And yeah, and that's, that's not, not what it, it. means. No. no. Gaslighting is, and this is the key part, when you essentially try to make someone believe something, like, uh, something is true. Like, uh, specifically, use trying to meet, uh, believe, make someone believe something fake is true or something true is fake until you drive them crazy. Yeah, and yeah. that's the point. You have to drive them to the edge of craziness. Yeah, and that's what happened so in that, Gaslight, and that's what happened yeah. to Martha Mitchell in real life. Yep. In the most, maybe one of the most famous examples of gaslighting in history. Yeah. Martha Mitchell tried to, you know, call everybody, like, blow the whistle on Watergate, and got thrown into mental hospital where everyone told her she was crazy for doing that. Yep. <sighs> Poor Martha Mitchell. It didn't go great for her. All right. Uh, but anyway, we pick up right where it's left off. Mel is dead. Everything is falling apart. Like, the investigation's over. Roger's in trouble. Uh, Herb's in trouble, because what the hell are they going to do now, not the, now that the operation's over? Because Mel's dead, and they don't have access to the money. And, of course, Herb's like, no, we just, not only are we not backing off of this, we're just canceling the whole... Uh, take o take the island over economically thing and we're just gonna roll tanks you know we're just gonna you know we're just gonna have mercenaries attack the place and we've already got a new president picked out and then we meet Henri Lalonde <laughs> oh, a caric caricature oh. if I ever saw one oh my Although, god it's this... so funny yeah right because they set this in Il Pavot yeah this this weird Il Pavot place, right? Yeah. But what they're really, I mean, he is really EDM in. Yep. He is 100% EDM in. Yeah. I mean, that's. They have that's cast what... a guy who looks and sounds and dresses like EDM in because <laughs> they want to cover all of this stuff. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. They want to like, the, they're talking about Haiti, obviously, but they're talking, but they're talking more broadly about the project of, like, the project of colonialism, mm -hmm. right? And these superpowers, you know, wrecking these places so for their own, you know, strategic... For the uh, bottling companies. Yeah, well, in this case, for the bottling companies, although we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but Henri Long, you're right. Like, everything about this guy is 100% visibly reads, this is fake EDM. Like, there's no yeah. other way to read the introduction of that character. And However, that's it. in next episode. No, he's he's <laughs> in this episode. He first meets him in this episode. Oh, that's right. 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 He like he's yeah. got him in the next room, and this is the same episode. 
Uh, well, we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah. Uh, the, he explains that, and I mean, by the way, this is what people say a lot about a lot of leaders. The idea that here's a guy, he has no connection, no clear connection with the CIA, but ever since this guy was a kid, you know, like 15, 16 years ago, because this guy's only like 30, 31, uh, the U.S. government has been keeping an eye on him, paying for his schooling, make sure he got jobs places, because they wanted somebody in their pocket who, who like, doesn't have any obvious connection. He never, he never, you know, went to the United States before now extensively. He has no legal connections there. But the CIA has essentially been running him since before he was an adult. And as Herb says, the best part of it is he thinks all of his ideas are his own. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. That's a great line. Well, it was a great line, you know. Yeah. Oh, the best part. He thinks this is all his idea. So they're going to make him the president and boom, they're going to have their, uh, they're going to have another bulwark against socialism in Central America is the is the concept here meanwhile Vinny is just trying to figure out what happened to mel and what's going on with susan and susan is clearly going nuts yeah even before the gaslighting started even before the gaslighting started clearly killing mel has like flipped a switch in her where she is just completely unmoored well yeah she doesn't know what to do without mel and so her life becomes essentially this. She creates a fantasy version of what her life should be and what she wants. And what she wants suddenly is to marry Vinny because, uh, or just spend the rest of her life with Vinny because as she announces, oh, she's pregnant. Yeah. And by the way, uh, how great is it that, like, it has been subtext this entire time. Mm-hmm. Right? That that Mel and Susan are having sex. Yeah. Right? There's the line about them kissing with children, and everyone talks about how creepy they are together, but it has always been subtext. Yeah. But in this episode, like, the first thing that happens is, uh, they find out, you know, um, Lifeguard finds out, or is it Lifeguard or is it Frank who finds out that Susan's pregnant, and the first thing is, like, is it yours? It's Lifeguard. It's Lifeguard, yeah. Who yeah. <laughs> says, so like, is it yours? Are you, and he says, like, I don't I know. No. And so it's like right there in plain as day English. Subtext is out the window. We're just saying it. He says it could be Mel's baby. Yep. Boom. It's it's fantastic. And at the same time, they're uh, uh, at the same time that Vinny is trying to navigate the emotional thing going on with her. He's also trying to navigate figuring out what Roger is up to. Right. And then on top of that, Roger is setting up his gaslighting because after Susan gets arrested, because of course she gets arrested, she set a body on fire yeah. and throw it off, threw it out off Long Island Sound, whether she killed Mel or not. And she did, but whether or not she committed a crime and they throw her in jail. Uh, so they throw her in jail. And this is the moment where Roger's like, okay, I've got to make my move. I've got to start like, I've got to find a way to separate her out from Vinny and start driving her insane if I want to get access to this money. And so he does, you know, the manipulating someone into craziness playbook. He takes old audio recordings of Mel. He gets, oh, he gets a replacement for the statue of, um, 
for the Malthus. statue of Malthus. So it looks like you never destroyed it. And you get this great scene where he goes to the, like, Vinny goes to talk to Susan at the, uh, at the prison, right? And just, you know, talks about, uh, you know, just talks about their future together. And then Roger walks in and starts talking about how Mel is trying to get her out of jail. Well, Mel actually, yeah. Yeah. And how he wanted to come down himself, but he can't because he's so busy screaming at everybody to get her out of jail. And she's like, Mel's dead. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? And again, amazing performance by William Russ. Oh, well, if there's anything, why he didn't get an Emmy nomination for this season, I don't know. Or an Emmy. Or an Emmy. (laughs) It's insane. Like these next three episodes, well, more the third one they split, but these two episodes are mostly Roger's show. Yeah. Like Roger is the focus, the full focus of these two episodes in a row, both Phantom Pain and the next one are very much focused on Roger, you know? And I think that again, it's fascinating. I love that they did that and wow, do they get good results from having done that. No, Roger's fantastic in this. All right, so he, uh, and this is the next part I love. Uh, so he frames Vinny. He says, like, he does the great thing. and was like, hey, you know, uh, obviously she killed Mel, right? Yeah, he says yeah. to Vinny. And there's going to be proof of that somewhere in that house. And he knows, he knows how much Vinny cares about Susan. So obviously Vinny's going to go and try to, and that's the interesting thing. Is he going to cover up for Susan? I honestly think he might have. Yeah, he might have just destroyed the evidence. Yeah. Yeah, but of course, what Roger planted wasn't the actual evidence. He's just got another, you know, bunch of syringes and vials and left them there in an obvious place for Vinny to hide. Or they might have, they might have been there anyway. Oh no, no, he specifically planted them so that he there would oh. be something easy for Vinny to find because he immediately calls the cops. Yeah, and has the okay. cops, yeah, and he, yeah, he immediately calls the cops and has the cops get them. And he needed to for uh, Vinny to have the syringes when they found them, so he put those somewhere really obvious. Because remember, later in the episode, they do find the they do find the actual syringes. Like right. Susan hid them, but they do the cops do find them later in the episode. So yeah, like yeah. it's Roger thought of everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, and that's why we love you, Roger. But yeah, Roger thought of everything. So he is completely on top of this situation in, again, a fantastic way. Yeah, he's, the, he's the best character. So then we're, we get deep into how Vinny feels because we get this heart-to-heart with him and the lifeguard yeah. about, like, what the hell is he supposed to do? He's impregnated this lady. And I'm like, this, this lady, like... He's gonna, he might about to be a father and whatever he wants to do, whatever he thinks about her as a person or him as a person, like he's got to be there for his kid fundamentally. Yeah. Like, and so you in that moment realize that, oh my God, if that's his kid, Vinny's going to quit the FBI and just like, and give up because there's always the cover and the real him. And he's like, just going to start living the cover. If this is like, if she's pregnant with his kid, he's going to start living the cover. I'm like, damn, <laughs> that's commitment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's if there's anything, Vinny is going to do the right thing. Yeah. He will always do the right thing, whatever he determines that to be. In this case, it's marrying an international arms dealer. 
and raising a kid with her. And the crazy part is, like, Mel's gone. The organization's crushed. Like, they try to say to him, stop working on this case. You got a great thing. You destroyed an international arms organization. And you shut down the biggest cocaine or importing, like, route in all of the United States. Like, this is a gigantic win for the FBI. But Vinny's not willing to let it go. A, because of what's going on emotionally with Susan. And B, because he wants to know what the CIA was doing. Yeah, what Roger was doing. Why was Roger doing all of this? And mm -hmm. who is Roger working for? Right? And that's, it's fantastic. <laughs> He's going to do it anyway. Of so Frank can't stop him, so he does what he can to just let him look into it. And so Vinny manages to get a, uh, Frank springs him from jail, which unfortunately means revealing to a cop, a New York cop, that Vinny is in the FBI, but there's no other way to get him out, so... They do it. And hopefully that guy keeps his mouth shut. A corrupt cop. I mean, there's never any blowback on this, so I guess the guy was the other only non-corrupt cop we ever see in the show. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, it's funny. But um, we do see him bullying a mentally unstable woman, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's a very interesting uh, set of scenes. So now Vinny has... Uh, now Vinny is out. He goes to talk to Susan... He says, let's go get some blood tests. Let's get married. And he's trying to figure out, you know, a way to find out if it's his kid. This blood test isn't going to do that. But he's like, got to prep for all of this. And then we get the big news. Yeah. Okay. This one hits well, like a bullet. Yeah. Like this sorry, reveal sorry. hits like a bullet. No, but you can do it. You, you say what the yeah. reveal is. Well, yeah. It's that Susan is Sarah. Yep. Because of their childhood in the foster some system. of the stuff in the foster system and i mean they don't see, they talk about it as the result of experiments but i suspect i wouldn't be surprised if they didn't sterilize her um 100 percent, and mm -hmm. i mean again yeah. i would have to talk to the writer right but i would guess that in the writing stage they're just gonna say that it was tennessee's policy to sterilize mental defectives and she was classified as such because she killed somebody at age 10. Yeah. And, but I, I would imagine someone stepped in and says, you can't say that the state of Tennessee was sterilizing children, even though they did. Yeah. You know? At least not, not in the late eighties. <laughs> yes. Not, well, not late eighties. This is the late eighties. It was the sixties. Well, yeah, but I mean, in the late 80s. Oh, yes, it was. Oh, sorry. I see what you're to, saying. Yeah. Be able to say that. Yes. Yeah, because it would be like a lot of this stuff, okay, mm -hmm. is only beginning to come out. come out. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, even if they stopped the programs in the early 70s, but this was a pretty standard, standard yep. procedure. Oh, yeah. And, um, Anyway, we we won't talk too much. I think we've talked about this in a We've talked about it in the our... past. But I, I imagine that like they were sure, dictated was... the line by standards and practices. You have to say it was experiments that were done on children, and he even says, which have since ceased. Like they yes. made it absolutely clear. <laughs> yeah, that it has stopped. That it has stopped and you don't have to worry about this anymore. But I'm like uh, well, as they always say, they didn't close the residential schools until the 90s. Well, no, this most of everything was almost 
that's closed by the 70s. You know, but I'm saying the last residential school didn't close until the 90s. That's technically true. The best kind of true. Uh, But anyway. uh, But no, I just think it's worth saying that it's like this kind of abuse is had happened to all kinds of orphans. Like these kinds of abuses. It's not just the native kids. They just got it worse than everybody else. The natives always got it worse than everybody well, else. Well, it was mostly when they were happened. it was mostly when they were pregnant. And yes. this is what happened. This is what happened and I've already talked about uh, Betty Lambert's book Jenny's story. Right. Where uh, where I mean it, it's complicated by the fact that it's a priest that set it up mm-hmm. to boot um because he was having an affair with her and she got pregnant so he took oh. her off to Calgary. Yeah. And they did that. And and they would do that to, well, and in the States, of course, they did it to black women who were, quote, unquote, promiscuous. I mean, they that was, and yep. that would have been the situation with uh, Susan as well. Oh, absolutely. That they would have considered her promiscuous. Not only that, but, you know, I mean, the idea of sleeping with her, of having sex with her brother. Yep. You know, it was just too much. and mm-hmm. So they obviously oh, would have, like, said, oh, it. well, yeah, 100%, they would have done this to her. Like, yeah. No question. You know, and, and it's, so... It's uh, disgusting and it's despicable, and the show tries to say it doesn't happen anymore, but, you know, ugh, I'm sure it was mostly stopped by the 80s, but, it, as you say, it wasn't the result of experiments that had unexpected side effects. It's just what they did to kids that they had no value for. Uh, they thought had no value. That's Ugh. one way of putting it. The only, almost the only way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, that's you what know. they thought. They thought of them as, well, to quote Malthus, surplus population. Yep. That's and the... you wonder why, you wonder why Mel came up with those ideas. <laughs> I know, right? And they, and they rang true to him, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's how he was raised. That's the culture he was raised in. God, it's it is such a fascinating show. Well, this I mean, this these it is a much more fascinating show than I thought because I really wondered, you know, when we were going to do this, where we yeah. would end up. And it's just like, well, okay, that's yeah, this is dealing is far more political than I have ever thought of it as. Yep. Like in the sense of when you're talking about a TV show, right? Yeah. And it's just, yes, I did enjoy watching it and everything else. And yes, it had. But I think I have a lot more. Mm, now, what's the word I want here? Um, what I want to say is that the forces of culture are far more uh, pervasive in the okay. way people think than i i mean in other words like not just i don't know why i didn't attach that as much to tv as i did to other things because i did this as i said you know once when i was watching an art show with the erstwhile chair of my phd committee Right. But this was at a different point. It was in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't yet the chair, actually. But he did this whole 
this 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 whole thing on churches, Roman right. Catholic churches since post Vatican II were Roman Catholic churches, and when when the what happened? I don't think I've talked about this before. Okay. Um, when the when the tell me when the after post Vatican II um, parishioners were allowed to be much more involved in um church matters yeah and so they would be involved in designs of churches and things like that in some places right okay so he was doing a show on post-vatican ii and the impact of post-vatican ii on these on church construction and design okay and it was it was fast it was a fascinating piece Right. I, I'm not going to say it wasn't a fascinating piece. It was. But <laughs> at one point, I, I said to one of my cohorts that was there as well, we were all at this conference in Winnipeg. <laughs> and I said, what is with all the bloody red in these churches? And that was a really stupid thing to say. <laughs> oh, no. As, well, no, for me, because I'm just going. Yeah. Of course. It's the blood of Jesus, right? Yep. And all of these, all of these, um, you know, in Protestant, you talk about washed in the blood. But mm -hmm. in all of these churches, you had these crucifixes and some of them were made a little bit different. And I never... Um, there's a lot of things, but watching all of these, I mean, there was a church that had been built like a bunker somewhere in Europe. I can't remember Switzerland or, um, there were all sorts of strange churches, but you know, sometimes you'd have these walls, this blood red, right? Oh God, <laughs> and you'd yeah. have all sorts of different things like that. And I, and I can remember talking with my, one of my favorite profs in our department and um we were talking uh, about some of this stuff right yeah, and, the politics of it well and what happened no it wasn't just that he was talking about violence as well and tv violence and things like that and i said well what do you think about church violence i said we've just been looking at all of this right and you know i mean this is violence and he yeah. couldn't see it. I mean, it because you're a believer, and it is a form of, of all things, gaslighting. Yeah. Because what you're telling people, first of all, that that this is all love, and this is all you know, all of these horrible stuff they wonder, did are signs of God's love. Well, it's all of these all of these horrible pictures yeah. because remember all of these pictures were for initially when you're talking about say the medieval period and the they're all it's violence oh god yeah violence against against a human being mm -hmm. and um i i can't even all these people being begin. stabbed and gutted and brutalized in all of the art oh my Oh the, my the God! Horrific Just go take a look. Churches. Oh, absolutely. Just go take a look at some of these, <laughs> some of this art, in, that we all consider, you know, this yeah, this great wonderful art. art. You know, look at Caravaggio with that 
picture of a woman cutting off a man's head and the blade is halfway through the neck and there's blood spraying everywhere you know oh yeah don't we don't we just love it but these were all a fern or whatever and so many of these things were in in churches oh yeah and so this is what people are learning and they are supposed to be teaching and it's an acceptance of violence and it also has turned that violence into something else yeah that it's, it's the that beatification it's, of violence, you know. Oh yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's violence as a sacrament. Well, and it's and it's pornography, pornographic. Yeah. I mean, what I call religious pornography. I think that's and, fair. Um, so it it is, and you wonder why so many of these serial killers, for example, to get back to our original topic of serial <laughs> killing, have religious backgrounds. Yep, um, and have these. You know, like it's it's all mixed in, and I'm not going to talk any more about that because we can go back. But when I'm talking about, we'll be back to serial killers soon enough. Don't worry. When you're talking yeah, about television, I, but when you're talking about television and the impact, I don't think I I ever thought of the impact that so much of television has. Even when I was, you know, when I I've done media study it's not like i don't understand images and it's not like i don't understand the power of so much of this so i mean we shouldn't be surprised with the internet which proliferates everything yeah um that people they get images and they get shots and that's it it sticks in people's mind Mm -hmm. And we have a whole, in we've had a whole industry in the 20th century that seriously began in the 20th century of pushing that. I mean, yeah. that's, if there's one horror that came out of psychology. Yeah. It's, it's knowing how to push all those buttons. And once you know how to push all those buttons, that's the bad and the good. It's the old Google story, you know, Yeah. he knew what worked. And it is it just has gotten yeah, worse. It's manufacturing. Well, no, I mean it's it's what manufacturing content is, consent is consent about. Consent is all about. Yeah, that's that's what that entire book and his entire career is about. It's about yeah. charting the ways you use the media to create a world where you know you can be in charge. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, you watch, listen to these people, and they're so prescient, right? Oh God, yeah. Um, uh, but you can see it. I mean, you can go back and read the Frankfurt School. Yeah, and um, some of that stuff is 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 there. You know that they never see fully the yeah. horror that it can become. And this television show is trying very hard to get across the point of all of this American corruption, etc. You know, and um, so Roger has some really good lines, and it all comes out of Roger's mouth, it, and it's all passionate. Not just that'll be next week. That'll be no, not yeah, next. Week. No, no, the next, the next episode. episode. Yeah. So right? let's wrap but, up this one before we move on to that. Okay, so Susan is not pregnant. Vinny yeah. says you can't come and arrest her. She is ill. She is mentally, and, like, she is just broken mentally. Yes. There is no point in putting her in a jail since she's incapable of understanding even what she did. 
Just yeah, put her in a hospital. Whether she may over. not even remember anymore because having done it. Yeah. Because the gaslighting means that somehow or another Mel is still there. Yep. She thinks. And in fact, Roger writes like forges a letter in yeah. Mel's hand perfectly. Uh, reminding her that she was supposed to sign over a couple of the accounts to Roger for their business deal. And yeah. so she just dutifully signs over, oh, you know, more than a hundred million dollars to Roger and just hands him the cards and then wanders yeah. off looking for Mel. Looking for Mel. And so Where's Vinny Mel? hires, uh, like, get <clears throat> some guys to take her to the best, what we are told as the best, uh, the best mental hospital on the Eastern Seaboard. So, or possibly in the United States. Or possibly in the United States. And then yes. he's like, but I can't just leave her there. I have to go and see her. And he does. And obviously she has just, she is catatonic by this point. Like she yeah. has Well, gone, she knows who he is because she comes up and walks to him. Yeah, she walks to him, but she can't communicate. No. She's just standing there. And I hate Looking to say it because it's so tragic, staring at him, clutching her book of baby names if, yeah. as if they didn't want us to, you know. It's like they're trying to make us feel more awful about this whole situation. Yeah, and she has her, her hand over her, in. her hand womb. Over, yeah, and... One hand over her womb, the other hand clutching the thing of baby books, and then she just wanders off. And Vinny goes and he can't see her again. And the crazy part is, on one level, it might seem cold to just completely walk out on her. But at the same time, given the nature of her fixation and her madness, like Vinny being around isn't going to help it. Well, nothing is going to help until they can, until they can break that, and they may yeah. never be able to break it. Yeah, if she's going to get better, she ain't going to be uh, get better because Vinny's there, and it's a well, thing. no, because Vinny is all part of the delusion. Yep, like what she has said about Vinny. I mean, Vinny isn't going to marry her because he's massively in love with her. Vinny is going to marry her because he got her pregnant. Yep. And and you have to remember, and that's something I think people, when you're watching this, right, because he's so horrified, he pretty much knows Susan gave him the overdose, gave Mel, Mel the, the overdose. overdose. Oh, yeah. She he wants to deny it. it. Yeah. He wants to deny it, but she says yes. Yeah. And then he says she can't be, and then basically he says she can't be held responsible. But he would never have had anything to do with her mm -hmm. if she was in her right mind. But she says she's pregnant, and then he finds out that because he doesn't know what he's going to do, will he cover it up? He might just cover it up if she had been really pregnant. Yeah. Then they find out she's sterile. Then, then that's it. Clearly, she can't be pregnant. Clearly, this is a massive delusion. And what we were talking about earlier, and I will say that Joan Severance did a wonderful job. Of this that. is her best episode. This is her best. She yeah. is superb in this episode. Whatever we have said about her in the past and how her style clashes, it is perfect for this episode. She's it's amazing this week. Yeah. yeah, this is just an amazing because she, you know, initially she, like initially when she tells Vinny she's pregnant, like it's almost as if. You know, it's real. Yeah. Like she, you can She's tell just that him she the actually yeah. believes it 100%. All of this. Yep. And that's the delusion. She can't mm -hmm. possibly be. And so, as they call it, po you know, poison pain, that phantom pain. Phantom pain, right? Mm -hmm. She had to replace the loss of Mel with something, and she that chose was a child. Not Vinny, but a child. 
And you well, damn well know same... if she had been pregnant, pregnant, she would have called the baby Mel. Oh, of course. There's <laughs> no question. But I think it's worth saying that it's like, it's it's Vinny and a child, right? Because it's not just Vinny, it's Vinny and a child. It's, oh, and the she's house. She's replacing Mel. Yeah, and the house. Like, she's and the house replacing from Mel. Holiday Inn. I know, she <laughs> full-on calls at the house from Holiday Inn. Oh, that's so perfect. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, what I love about that scene, though, is like, because... Like, the one thing, oh, well, Mel's gone forever, so I will just replace it with the one thing I could never have with Mel, a normal life. Yeah. And, oh, so brilliant. Like, it's such a brilliant ending. And that's, and that's where the episode ends, except for one more check-in with Roger and Henri Lalonde, because Roger's saying to, says to Herb that, here's the deal. I don't, uh, I don't trust you guys to run this organization on your own. Like, I don't think that you guys in the, uh, in the company have the best history with actually successfully doing these overthrows. <laughs> uh, the, it always seems to come out. We don't want another Bay of Pigs. So I'm going to manage it. And of course, he's the one with access to the money. So Herb has to say yes. But then we see Herb calling upstairs and saying that, uh, that Roger wants to take over. But don't worry, it's not a problem. He does actually have all the skills necessary to run this thing, and he can do a perfectly good job, and then we'll just kill him when it's done. Yes, we'll... we'll Defysicalize him. We will defysicalize him. Talk about... Talk about... Euphemistics. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Thought speech, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, double speak. Double speak, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's so brilliant that it's like all of this language they use to distance themselves from the evil stuff they do. Yeah. It's brilliantly done. Uh, that he, like, it's not just an act for the cameras. This is how he talks when he's just talking to other people. Because it's like, again, yeah. there's this secret language they use. Oh, God, it's fantastic. All right. And then, of and course, we, we get a check in with Henri Lalonde, who okay. has decided he wants more money. Yeah. Uh, he was given three and a half million dollars for him. No, and his six family. and a yeah. no, three and a half million dollars for no, him each. And his, no, for he and listen, let me finish. He said uh, the deal was three and a half million dollars for him and his family as part of the thing, and he's like, that was when this existed only as an idea. Now that we're actually doing it, I want double. See that that happens right away. And the point is, like, the point is not the amount of money. The point is, he, the minute he has any kind of a position to negotiate from, i.e. they've said they're going to do it and they need him as the front man, he immediately gets greedy and starts trying to leverage his position. Yeah. The moment. Again, no interest in his, no interest in his country, no interest in his people. How can I turn being the president of this country into a money-making opportunity for myself? Is the only, the first and only thing this guy thinks. Yep. It's, uh, again, great presentation. Oh, it was. Like, great presentation of the kind of people who are involved in this. And this is what brings us to uh, my favorite episode of the season. I mean, it's tough. No, it's a really good episode. Dirty Little Wars, uh, again, the the most Roger episode of all of the episodes this season. The one with the most Roger in it, including the one that was just Roger. Uh, oh, God, this episode is so good. All right, so it opens with Vinny going to, uh, flying into, and by the way, here's something great. Uh, shows kind of like the respect it has for their audience. How often 
do you see an American TV show where Vancouver is listed on screen in a Chiron as Vancouver, BC and not Vancouver, Canada? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I think it's nice. They're actually, yeah, they, uh, they're showing us a lot of respect up there suddenly. I thought that was a really nice touch. Uh, so anyway, he flies to Vancouver to over uh, to have kind of an overview of taking apart the last remnants of Mel's empire. And we see the boat and we find out, and I don't know if we had seen this earlier, the boat is called the Hote. H-O-T-E-I. I don't think we'd seen it. Yeah. No. And yeah, I don't think we'd ever seen the, title, uh, the name of the boat before, which is interesting because if you don't know the significance of that, um, so... People are all familiar with Buddhism. I, I think people understand Buddhism as a religion. Uh, but people don't really know who Buddha was. Because, largely, uh, a Chinese luck god in their Buddhist culture, named Hote, has kind of replaced the actual Buddha in cultural ideas of Buddha. So when people imagine the character Buddha, the founder of Buddhism, like, who we're all following us Buddhists, they imagine this fat guy with a raised hand. Now that fat guy with a raised hand was a Buddhist figure and is part of Buddhism, but he's not Buddha. He's Hote and he's essentially the God or avatar. It's a complicated religion. Uh, the God or avatar <laughs> of fortune. And that's the key part. Like he's the guy for making money, basically. Uh, yes, it, it, I mean, I'm actually just starting. I could do this whole course on just Buddhism, you know, <laughs> know the, right? the, the study of religion. And so often I want to because you can just see sort of the, not just the Buddhist part, but for example, yeah, because this is what happened when Buddhism moved mm -hmm. into China, Japan, Korea. Yep. Um, and yeah. And Buddhism in the United States, as I said to somebody, um, we were talking. No, 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 no. That's what my 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 Buddhist. Oh, I don't know what she called him. Uh, her, um, but the yeah. Buddhist teacher. You mm -hmm. know, yes, and no, 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 no. And she was explaining something to me. No, that's what the. You know, that, that's an, I'm going, and I almost got into, well, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but because Buddhism is very, it is complicated. Oh, yeah. And the Buddhism you were first introduced comes out of Japan, essentially. Yep. Yeah, I was. So, that was know. my first uh, glimpse of Buddhism. It all originated in India thousands and thousands of years ago, but different yeah. nations, like, Tibetan Buddhists are so completely different than Chinese yeah. Buddhists are so completely different than Japanese and Vietnamese Buddhists. Like it is, it is an incredibly diverse religion, but the, the guy you probably think of when you hear the t name, the Buddha, big fat laughing Buddha. The, yeah. That's not Buddha. That is Hote. And so it is significant that that's what they named the boat after. Yeah. It's essentially saying, you know, naming it the boat unlimited fortune. You know, it's yeah. it is a and, great reference, and it's and it's actually a sensible thing for Mel to do. Oh, one hundred percent, because Mel believes them all. Oh yeah, as as we learned last week, Mel believes yes. everything. So yep. Frank just wants to wrap this up and just wants to go home. Right? Yeah. He knows about Herb. Uh, he knows about Herb. He knows about all of this stuff, and but Herb, he just wants this to be over. Oh, sorry. Herb. And the no, I was going to say, and the important thing about Herb yeah. is that Herb was involved with Allende. 
Oh God, yeah, they they just jive right past that. How great was that? Um, yeah, because when Lila's taught sees Herb, right, yeah. and she's like, oh yeah, he was uh he he worked in he worked with Allende, right? They he's helped in not, the overthrow yeah. of Chile. Not just yeah. the overthrow of Chile, but one other place. Yeah, I th- was it Argentina or anyway, whatever. But it's like they they name drop other places where he has been the CIA's CIA's man leading the overthrow of these places and you're like oh my uh, god because he worked under under yeah. nixon and kissinger yeah because he was yeah, <laughs> nixon and kissinger and you're like oh my god so this is the world uh roger has been living in for 15 years yeah. under the direct control of a guy who is in it to overthrow governments and install pro-american states in their place mm-hmm. like yeah. as if all everything we already knew about the guy wasn't bad enough so, uh, Vinny's like, okay, well, let's go and track down Roger. So he goes to Roger's apartment and he finds, uh, Roger's, um, housekeeper, woman? housekeeper, his housekeeper there. And she's like, uh, Roger's not here. And he keeps asking her questions and she nods or like makes no yes or no motions. And then he finally asks her, okay, well, if you're, if you understand me, why don't you talk to me? She doesn't have a tongue. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, God, that was a rough one. Yeah, she doesn't have a tongue. And it gets even worse. And it gets even worse because as we, Vinny's talking to her, the door opens, like the elevator door opens. She goes to leave. Yeah, she goes to leave. The elevator door opens and somebody shoots her in the stomach with a shotgun, killing yep. her instantly. And suddenly there's just a guy there with a shotgun trying to kill Vin- Vinny. We get a great moment where Vinny trips and drops his gun. And, and the guy's like, oh, this is hilarious. Yeah. It is so rare that I get to have fun tormenting someone before I kill them. So he just starts shooting at Vinny's feet and making him run from um, post like, to post, post to post, steel girders to steel girder. And he finally, you know, shotgun's only got four shells in it, so he finally runs out of ammo and starts to reload. And Vinny is only a couple of feet away from the housekeeper, who Has immediately, dropped. well, no, immediately as she saw the guy in the elevator her first instinct was reach into her pocket where she had a bunch of Roger's ball bearings. Yeah. So apparently she and Roger were more alike than we realized. Uh, and so she's got him in her hand and he, Vinny grabs one, whips it at the guy and kills him by hitting him in the temple with a ball bearing, which yeah. yikes. <laughs> well, it was like, well, Roger did explain it to him. Yeah. You can kill with anything. It's got to yeah. get it in the right place. Just got to hit it right in the right place. Oh, God. Such a good scene. And so this guy's dead. And Vinny's got a wallet. And he's got a motel key. And he's going to go check it out. Because, you know what? Uh, Frank might have said that they were both working the same case from the same uh, from opposite sides, CIA and FBI. But Vinny knows that's not true. And Vinny knows that uh, Frank just wants to get home. Vinny's not ready to let this go, so he goes and he investigates the guy's motel room, and he finds his real ID, calls it into lifeguard, and we find out that the dead man is Michael Darehausen, who is a mercenary. Full-time mercenary. They, like, talk about all of the places that he, essentially, where wherever he ever goes, he went. a government falls. Yeah. So there you and go. And they find out he was in special forces, and then... And worked for Catcher. Uh, yeah, as, as, uh, what is it, Mike or, or, you know, Frank says, 
Oh, well, we can find out who we worked for. I think it was Mike and, and Vinny yeah. says, oh, don't mind. Never mind. I know. I know. No, no, we, no. He's talking to lifeguard. He's yeah, like, lifeguard. I'll find out real quick. He's like, I know. And so he goes to the, uh, so he finds a little note. The Darehausen was supposed to meet up with Catcher at a restaurant. So he goes to the restaurant, watches Catcher, follows Catcher. And then we get a great scene where Herb goes up to Roger's apartment and finds the dead bodies. And he goes, and he's like, oh my God, they killed each other. And here's all you need to know about uh, Herb. He finds this hilarious. Yep. That these two people killed each other. And so he walks out of the place laughing to himself and drives off. But then he gets on a plane and Vinny can't follow him. And so he's, he's out of luck. But he does have one good lead, which is, and it's a very good little bit of profiling on his part, if you want to use that term. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, well, wait a minute. Like every place I went with the prophets, there were people everywhere. There was money everywhere. It was all rich and opulent, except for this completely empty warehouse in Stockton, California, that he kept locked up and had, you know, training targets everywhere. Like just like Roger's apartment, it was completely Spartan, meaning that place belonged to Roger. It didn't belong to the prophets. Yeah, just like just like his loft. Just like the loft, exactly. Like it the was only exactly the same kind. The only that, two places that were Roger. Yeah, that were Roger. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, and there's an interesting then meeting with the attorney general. Oh, how great is that scene? Yeah, just a very closed scene. Mm-hmm. Not nothing. You know, they're just everything, and this is you don't want to know. Yeah. You know what I love about that scene yeah. is that they reveal to us that, like, th- there's this other level, right, of what um, Roger and Herb are doing, because the way it's framed is, oh, uh, by Lyle is, well, you know, he went, uh, like, he was too nuts, and then after uh, Nixon went down, they threw him in research and started ignoring him, right? And... The fun part is, when you look at this scene, you're like, oh, God, no, he's connected all the way up. Because right? he is uh, on board, uh, like, this Admiral Stryken they start talking about, who we won't meet in, for, uh, won't meet in this episode, right, is who he has uh, got him, got Herb, a pass to get into the White House whenever he wants. Wants, yep. Yeah. And then, and it's in that moment you realize, oh, he's actually connected, and fundamentally really connected really connected that the reason he was put in uh research was not because the cia was embarrassed by him and they wanted him to go away it's because they wanted him to not have oversight Mm -hmm. they didn't want anyone looking over his shoulder while he did what he was doing for the cia and to the point where even someone like Lila inside the CIA, and it's never clear whether she actually believes the cover story or whether she is just, you know, towing the party line from the CIA. Okay, yeah, but just wait. I mean, I think that what you have to look at is that the impression that I got from all of this is that there has always been a small group. She probably, it wasn't just towing the party line. She probably didn't know. And I would say that probably a good percentage of people in the CIA didn't know 
what you know, her every, was doing. You know, I think you're right. I think you're right. The, the vast majority. Because, like, the CIA yeah. is 60,000 people or some yeah. crazy number like that. Yeah. And, and Herb so is just connected to the eight guys at the top of the CIA. At, he's connected to Stryker. He's connected to these. And there's there's a small group of people that will know what, what, he's, he, doing. what he's doing. Yeah. And that would be it. And they would keep it that way because, after all, officially, particularly since we are in, and after sort of the Nixon Kissinger mess. Oh, God. And then, you know, Jimmy Carter just slammed down on it all. Everybody um, forgets Jimmy Carter really did attack the uh, CIA, which is why the CIA ensured he wouldn't get reelected. And that's another co- a conversation for another time. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> but anyway, the, the, the destabilization stuff, they were because they ended up with this oversight committee. And of course, the it always committee. depends. The church committee, it all depends on who's sitting on that oversight. Yeah. But um, so what happens, right? The church that, committee yeah, did, by the way, think... if you want to find something interesting, the church committee, <laughs> I mean, it, it just laid bare all of the evil stuff they had been doing in Central and South America. And mm-hmm. the, the finding of the church committee, I mean, they didn't say it in so many words. It was basically, it's like, we shouldn't have a CIA anymore. And yeah. they, they didn't go through with it because Reagan became president, like Reagan's yeah. president. And Reagan's like, CIA, do whatever the hell you want. Uh, yeah, and then we got Ollie North. <laughs> and then we got Ollie North, which we'll be talking about a lot next week because it's specifically referenced. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really fascinating. Like, it is it is just amazing how all of this stuff, like, we we saw the problems with it in the 70s. And then the 80s just hit the reset button on everything trying to get better. Like How did Reagan, you yeah. yeah. Like people were trying to fix things in the 70s and then Reagan came in and says, "No, everything should just stay trash." But, you know, I'm a famous no, actor. I... Yeah, well, we won't we won't go down the George W. Bush. Oh god. Senior and junior, but <sighs> senior in particular. Junior. Well, senior's the one who was Head of the CIA. It's not like he wasn't part of all of this. Yeah, you know, so it's how how do we do this better and how do we manage to keep people not finding out? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, leading to more and more conspiracy theories. And yeah. let's get back to the episode. So, right, I know, so. I don't think it's because it's with Lala and I don't think she probably... You're right. I'm she sure you're right. She would have probably bought the party, the party line because... It is the Most official of the would. yeah. It is the official CIA, CIA policy of the company that they are not trying to take over countries in Central America like or anywhere the in the world. They or are not the supposed world. to yeah. be, you know, involved. And I mean, they. Oh, yeah, never mind. We're going to go down a political. Exactly. Role. We're not going to do that. Well, how back. can you? First off, how can you not go down a political role with these episodes? Well, well and that's you're right. what we're I'm not going to go I mean, too far. This down. is. Yes. But this is so much, obviously, Canal had put all and of his, his disgust and his writers, yeah. all of his disgust. But remember, I think he oversaw all of this very closely. Oh, I'm sure he did. Okay. And oh, all of his, the, the writers are taking on all of this internalized yeah. anger yeah. at what happened in the 60s, the 70s, mm-hmm. all of this anger over Vietnam. Yep. And just, and everything else that was going on, mm-hmm. you know, Nicaragua, Guatemala, all of these places. And just the only place they couldn't get into was Cuba. Yeah. Um, and um, not that they didn't try. 
no, not that they didn't try. And we do get the reference in this episode to Bay of Pigs, yeah. the Bay of Pigs. Yeah, this is where Roger says, I don't want. <laughs> it's actually last episode. Another. This is actually last episode where he said, um, uh, I'm not going to be in charge. Chief suckling another at another Bay, Bay, of, Bay pigs. of Pigs. So yeah. we get to, we get Roger greeting his mercenary buddies who have come to run the operation. And we see that like, they're all friends from back in the NOM. And I'm sure they've done jobs together since. So he's oh, called yeah. them in to train Lalonde's troops to run the place. And we see Lalonde's troops and there are a bunch of kids who don't know what they're doing. So yep. hopefully they can train him up enough in a week to get this done. But who the five hell knows? Days. Yeah, five days. There you go. Five days. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, so, but it's it's a scary situation. Maybe they'll be able to pull it off. Maybe they won't. But, you know, they're, they're going to put in the effort. And then... Uh, Henri Lalonde shows up and says, you can't start yelling at my men. <laughs> oh, and it's like, Jesus Christ, buddy. And then he's yelling at Herb. Herb's yelling at him. And meanwhile, Henri Lalonde uh, goes and he gets on the phone with the uh, Unified Bottling Company. <laughs> and in a specific reference to the time that the U United Fruit Company overthrew Honduras, Yep. To lower the price of bananas. That's yep. a true thing that happened. You can buy cheap bananas today because thousands of people were murdered in Honduras for the benefit of the uh, United uh, Fruit Company. That's a true fact. And, and yes, you could go. This is all part and parcel of American history. Yeah, you can just it's look not this up. like it's not a conspiracy theory. It's not. I mean, no, that's what yeah. happened. It's It's what happened. All right, and this is where it gets uh, really good. So he's freak. Uh, Roger's growing more and more unimpressed with this whole plan, with Henri Lalonde, with everything. And then he sees Vinny and Frank, Frank. driving up to the same hotel that they're all staying in. What a bit of luck. And so we cut down to the bar, and we get Roger. And so Frank is sitting there in the bar, and he's pissed off that he has to be here and he and he thinks this might all be a waste and he doesn't like this political stuff he wants the job to be simple and he takes that out by like kind of trying to start a bar fight yeah well yeah that's what he was trying to do for sure yeah he was trying like he sees a guy who keeps giving him a look and it's like that and you're right him and this random fat trucker are both the kind of guys who are unhappy with their lives and want to settle that and like want to deal with their own personal unhappiness by fighting a stranger in a bar. Like, yeah, let's find somebody to just yeah. beat up. Well, like Sonny said, find yeah. a guy to tune up and you'll feel a hell of a lot better. Well, Frank's doing it too. Yeah. Like this is just so, all toxic masculinity and they all suffer from it. Yeah. So Vinny, Except for Vinny, Vinny sends him. Well, yeah. He says, go and get yeah. some sleep. Yeah. And of course, that doesn't so much work because Frank is immediately kidnapped because, again, Roger knows where he is. And Roger comes downstairs and he says to uh, Vinny, he says to Vinny, here's the deal. We're not going to hurt him. We're going to be doing this job for another couple of days. Then we're going to be out of here and we'll give you Frank back. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And he's completely reasonable about it. And then we finally get the conversation we've been waiting for for half a season Vinny and Roger finally get to talk to each other 100% honestly. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I mean, 
there's not as much emotional involvement as nope. there was when he and Sonny get to talk honestly for the first time because they, I mean, it, they like each other, but it's like they don't have the kind of relationship Ben he and Sonny had. Like we don't have Well, to... I don't even know if they particularly like each other. They there's a certain they level of each respect yes, for right. one another because they're both in the same business and they're both in this and they both <laughs> well, no, it is it is two men doing the same job at the same level of skill, having that kind of respect for one another is what it is. Yeah. Like they are both doing the same job and they're both very good at it. And so they have that level of respect. And what you get is you get all of this this whole wonderful conversation about Roger's worldview, like they full on make the case for American experience, uh, uh, right? American Im imperialism, yeah. Right? And they make a strong, you know, this strong case for American ex imperialism. I should have, uh, I have to correct myself. The scene involving, uh, what do you call it? The scene involving uh, them talking about the bottling company doesn't actually happen yet. Uh, that hasn't happened yet. That's the next scene. Uh, which I'll explain the significance of that in a minute. But anyway, what he gives the whole worldview, which is that there are people out there. And I mean, it's basically what he says in this episode is basically what George Bush said to justify the war on terror. Later like, on. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying like everything Roger says here could have been written by George Bush's screenwriters in uh, screenwriters, <laughs> speechwriters. <laughs> well, I mean, writers, you yeah. know what I meant. Speechwriters in 2002. It's the exact same sentiment that we are civilization. We are bringing light to the world. And there are all of these other people around the world who live in the 14th century. And as he says, they, they want what we have, but they don't want to civilize. They want to get it by insurrection. Well, they don't want to like, work for it. They basically. don't want to work for it. They want to, they want to just take it. Right? They don't want to work for it. They don't want to earn it. They just want to take it. And it's like, this is literally George Bush saying they hate us because we're free. But that's not what it is. It's well, they hate us because we're involved. Because you know, we're trying to turn the them did into, yeah, into well, us. It's not even trying to turn them into us. It's we want them under their control. They didn't yeah. uh, like, spoiler alert. Iran was already like America in 1953. Iran had just said to the, I mean, in this, literally, America is founded when um, they say, we don't want England getting a cut of all of our resources. We want to keep all the money for ourselves. Let's have our own country. Iran in 1953 had said, we don't want England taking all of our resources. We're nationalizing the oil. Iran literally made an attempt to become more like America and then Britain and America teamed up to turn it into uh, like a feudal tyranny. They had democracy. They had civilization. You know, Tehran was the Paris of the East. Everybody, you know, women uh, had many more freedoms. They could have jobs. Men walked around in suits and hats and did business all over the world. And that stopped the minute he, they put in the Shah because Iran started sticking up for himself. Like, it's all, it's always been this whole civilization versus chaos thing was a lie. And well, then, yeah. and who's the only people who could fight back against the Shah was the religious extremists. And that's how we got the Iran we have today. If they had never put in the Shah, if they had just let Mossadegh do his reforms, who the hell knows what the Middle East would look like today? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. 
But um, Roger has fully bought into and has lived his life based on the propaganda. Based and on we will, they hate we us will, for our freedom. We will see that confronted by Vinny at the end of this episode. Yeah, oh my God, do we see it confronted. You know. Because, so he gives this whole beautiful speech. This wonderful speech. And then all Vinny has to say is, okay, well, so all of this stuff about justice and the American way and freedom, blah, blah, blah. Is that why you had your housekeeper killed? Yeah. And Vinny ha and Roger has no has idea. Stopped. Has he, he has no idea that happened. He covers. No. And then he finds out that uh, Durhausen's dead and Catcher saw it, saw it all. And Vinny's got no reason to lie. No. So Roger's like, he I'm sure as hell didn't hear about any of this. How and then he confronts Catcher. Now, but a key part is, before he confronts Catcher, they let us see, and this again, in the same way, when Imanja Mora took off the necklace, la, you know, two episodes ago, they mm -hmm. showed us something early. You could have ended this scene with Vinny telling him that and walking away. Cut the scene there. But they don't. They end the scene with Ro uh, uh, Roger. We get a close-up of Roger and what Roger's thinking and what Roger's feeling. And then Roger stands up and he walks out of the bar and he yells for Vinny to wait for him. Yep. So they don't, they, they show, they prize character moments and letting the audience in over having a twist. Because spoiler alert, in this moment, Roger has decided it's not worth it. Right, and so then we go, and he puts on this wonderful play acting piece where Herb finds out that they've kept that they've got Frank locked up in the trailer, and this is where they start screaming at each other, and we see Henri on the phone with the bottling company, and so uh, and so Roger says to his mercenaries, uh, "Get me a get me a training Uzi," and the mercenaries are like, "We're really doing this," and he's like, "Yep." And they're like, you okay with that? And he's like, as long as I still get paid, I don't care. I don't care what happens. <laughs> as long as it doesn't affect the money. Yeah, they all got, they got, all got bonuses. They all got paid boot. double. We actually see yeah. them all get paid double. Uh, but yeah, it's great. And then he shoots Frank and the other guy's car, uh, he takes Frank out of the field and shoots him. And they cart the body, and the other guys cart the body away. And then, of course, right after that, uh, he says, hey. You, you like, got my uh, housekeeper, you know, out of Vancouver, right? And he's like, yeah. I heard, like, yeah, it's been handled. And I'm like, oh, hell. He just wanted to make double sure. Because at this yeah. scene, he's already decided to betray her, her and the CIA. But he just wanted to know for sure that it was the right thing to do. And in that moment, he knows for sure it was the right thing to do. Yeah, because oh, he asks him also yeah. about Darehausen. Darehausen. Like, where's Darehausen? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, you know, he's he always been always unreliable. unreliable. <laughs> I know, right? And then we get, again, another fantastic scene where we see Henri Lalonde recording his, um, the presentation, not presentation, <laughs> the speech he's going to give to his people about how this wasn't a coup, this was a liberation. I'd love my people. Blah, like, just all of the nonsense you expect. Yeah. And it's great because... He immediately folds, right? Like the minute they are doing a prep interview for a thing. And so they have a fake journalist say to him, but of course you did use violence to take over the thing. And he immediately folds and freaks out and demands to know why people are questioning him. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, this guy. 
Yes. Oh, he's so terrible. Uh, and then we get the, the line from him. It's like, of course, we plan to uh, hold the election. free and fair elections as soon as possible. Camera runs out of uh, film. Uh, camera runs out of tape. And he follows it up with sometime in the 21st century. <laughs> yeah. And the moment, you know, it's like you said with Idi Amin, you know that it in that moment, you know that if this guy manages to become president, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah, the guy who's in there now, Baraka, is a complete disaster. Is this guy going to be any better? He's going to have secret police. He's going to have people murdering his political opposition. Because of course he is. He's already mad with power and he doesn't even have the power yet. Yeah. With his stupid uniform. With his, I know the uniform. I love his uniform so much. Oh, God, his bright blue uniform covered with medals he didn't earn. Oh, oh, such a good scene. And now it's any hand. So Roger uh, pays off his guys. He hands uh, he hands Herb a briefcase to pay the troops. So and he's like, I think the payment should come from you, you know, because I want to make sure that, like, people know that you're in charge. And Herb's like, yeah, fine. Of course, I'm in charge. It sounds great. So they go out, we go back to the camp, and this is when Roger makes his move. He reveals that, uh, yeah, actually, uh, Frank's not dead. And I've decided to work with Vinny, and everybody turns their guns on the mercenaries and Henri Lalonde and Er Herb. And then the cops come rolling in to bust the whole thing. Like, the state troopers show up with their assault rifles to bust the whole place. Which is nice. And then Vinny lets the uh and then Vinny lets the mercenaries go, which Frank is not at all happy about. Because nope. you know, they're mercenaries who are planning to overthrow a government. They and he's like, We gotta be able to charge them with something. <laughs> we can I'm sure we can find something to charge them with. And I, I just wanna say, Oh poor Frank, you definitely can't charge them with anything. <laughs> I mean, all you can charge them with is kidnapping you. Like, yeah, all of this planning to overthrow a government that's not illegal and, it well it be. didn't happen it hadn't yeah. happened even it was just planning no, no, but even if it did it's still yeah. probably not illegal because it's all happening in a foreign country yeah. I mean I would have to check but it wouldn't surprise me if it turned out nothing they did was illegal under American law but you're right we would have to check so they let the mercenaries go and we get uh, Roger's best scene so far in the entire series where again he gets to be 100 percent completely honest with herb and it's like what is this all for why are we turning over this country and its citizens to a bottling company and a guy who's just there to make money for himself and his family like what is it all for and he's like like for the future for a you know so children can live under capitalism like jesus christ Oh, Roger. I mean, it's such a beautiful scene. It's so as Roger says, well, I don't have any children. I don't have anyone. Yeah. Oh, God. I used to think of you as a father, but that's over now. So beautiful. Our relationship has changed. Oh, God. It's such a beautifully written scene. I would say it's one of like this interchange between them, I think is one of the best pieces of writing in the show so far. And it's it's his acting point, and I don't understand why he didn't get the Emmy for Best Supporting Actor. Because I think a lot of people didn't watch Wiseman. Yeah, I guess that's it. I, I, because 
this this was it's <laughs> an incredible scene well and but this whole episode is just incredible because now okay so then he's he wants to kill catcher Her. of course and then we get Vinny saying no no this has to be public we have to yeah. let everybody know the evil stuff he did and roger says who cares who no no, no not only that he <laughs> says you think anything bad's gonna happen to him he's gonna get off of this and in a couple of years he'll have a talk show yeah i know that was so funny which is All such a good line. Well, no, but that's literally what happened. They correctly predicted Ollie North's trajectory. Yeah. He did get a talk show. I know. I, I know. People that's... put him in, like, there is a video game. There is a real video game where that is set in, like, the Iran-Contra scandal. And Oliver North is a character in the video game giving you a mission to go to a place and he's played by Oliver North. Disgusted now, aren't you? Well, I already knew it, so. <laughs> okay, you my, already I'm, knew. My disgusted was a long time ago. Okay, but I'm just saying, it's like, we'll talk more about who was right here, but history has proven that Roger was right about what <laughs> would have happened to Herb. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, Vinny uh, is is living in a world, and we're going to talk about this a lot next week. You know how we get political on this show too much? Uh, next week, we are pulling out all of the stops on that. Because <laughs> next week is the first episode of Wise Guy that's actually about politics. Yeah, I mean, and no, like, there's no question that yeah. this was... It's no wonder whoever it was, NBC or ABC... CBS. Who knows? It was CBS. CBS. No wonder they were trying to push against. I, you know, the craziest thing about this show is mm. they like, um, you know, so you know how tor uh, TV shows normally start in September and then they go through, uh, they go through um, like Christmas and then they take the first half season. So you run your third, your first 10, 12 episodes there, and then you do your last 10 episodes in the spring. So you start in, you mostly take January off. Right, parts of February off, and then you go through March, April, and then all the TV shows end in May. That's generally how every show works, and has been for years and years and years and years since they started doing twenty-two ish episode seasons. Like they were rushing to finish airing all of these episodes to the point where, like, the last episode this season ended aired in like February or March. That is not yeah. a sign of confidence that you want to bring a show back. Like, they wrapped up this show really quickly on the network to the point where I'm like, were they trying to cancel it? It feels that way a little. But we'll talk about that more next week, especially when you see... Ooh, next week. Okay. What next week's Let's just is. finish with this week, because the only thing left now is... is a monologue from... Uh, Roger. Roger. And, and because... Oh, God. And there's well, Vinny saying, well, you were you were isolated. And he's going, no, I wasn't. I wasn't isolated. And it's like, well, what have you done since... Well, it's like when F Saigon fell. I started traveling under false, you know... Uh, names and fa doing, False names doing jobs. and jobs and doing jo jobs wherever I was needed. And they're like, okay, well, who'd you talk to in all that time? And he's like, my only, you know, source of contact was Herb. And he's like, you haven't talked to anyone but Herb for 13 years? And you don't think you were isolated? Yeah, I mean, it is it is an amazing, an yeah. amazing thing. And the thing is, of course, 
He went to Vietnam when he was 17. Yeah, he actually for like he he got himself a fake driver's license. No, a fake uh, birth up. certificate and signed up before. Oh, he was legal but did able. you notice? Do you, oh, that's the Please, one thing go. that we haven't we talk didn't about. talk about last last episode. Yeah. Did you notice that Roger has the same backstory as Orson? I mean, Citizen Kane. I did. Yeah. His yeah. Fa- oh no, that's that's <laughs> very purposeful it. on their part. Oh yeah. His, for he sure. was, his family was dirt poor, and then they uh, and then they struck it rich, wildcatting, which is you know just going out yeah. and looking for oil wells oh, and yeah. they got super rich, and so they sent him to boarding schools. At he six. has the exact at six, and he spent that whole time there. And obviously, the boarding schools they sent him to were very pro-America because he joined the army as soon as he could to stand up for his country. Yes, and during essentially, the Vietnam War. During the Vietnam War. In the same way that Vinny might have because of the way he worships authority too. Well, he might have been he might have been born on, on the 4th of July if he'd been born a little earlier. Well, no, but I mean, he says that it's like Roger says to Vinny, you missed Vietnam by what, five yeah. years? And he's like, yeah. I didn't miss anything. And I'm like, oh, Vinny, you would have volunteered. You absolutely like look yeah, at what you no. did to help the FBI. He you would have would have been he would have been Ron Ron um yeah Kravitz uh, Ron Kovic Ka- Ron Kovic, Kovic. Yeah. yeah he would have been a Ron Kovic type figure yeah yeah absolutely for sure he would have signed up in a second mother yep. who would have you know sure absolutely especially you know especially when they were like you got to fight communism you know this is our war for freedom blah 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 all that nonsense. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, and he is. But you're right; he has the exact same backstory as Citizen Kane, yeah, as Charles Foster Kane, and and that's the key part. Like Roger is a guy who came from money and chose the army and chose the special forces because that's how much he believed in America. So it's all the more stunning when America completely when he when he finds out what America really is, and he was like, and he knew earlier than Vinny did, but the fact is. He was able to still think there was something important that uh, what he's doing to and to be done. And the line there is they they and I mean, we'll just say what happens in this speech because it's such a beautiful speech. But it's like they, they killed the only person in the world he had an emotional connection to. Yeah. When he talks about Crete. Oh, oh. I tell you, this whole episode is thing, just I this uh, this episode alone should have given him William Russ the Emmy. The Emmy, absolutely. It's, it's a, it's a, a, the performance was yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So we find out that Preet was a prostitute in Saigon, who Herb hired all the time. Yeah. And when a couple of his missions got blown, he decided that she had been selling no, him catch out. No, catch him. Catch her. Yes, that's what I catch said. Her. Herb. Yeah. I said Herb, right? Uh, Herb has been yeah. When he no, had a couple he was, of missions get okay, blown. Never mind. Let me finish talking. Uh, and if I make a mistake, correct me then. Uh, Herb <laughs> had uh, you know uh, I'd often see like always used her, and so she was always around. And when he had a couple of missions get blown, he decided that uh, he decided that she was the one responsible, and he sent Roger to go and kill her. And. And what we find out is this is the first woman that Roger had ever had sex with. Yeah. That he was a virgin at 17. Because, again, all boys boarding school. Yeah. You know, good religious boy. Like, he just went off. And he had this emotional connection to her, and he couldn't do it. 
he couldn't kill her under any circumstance. And so Herb catch had her. catch. I said Herb. I keep saying Herb. That's his name. I'm allowed to say Herb. <laughs> Jesus, you forget. You keep interrupting me because you forget this guy's name. He's named Herb. All right. So Herb had Roger cut out her tongue. Yeah, I mean, and it was just Roger terrible. was so full with guilt over this for the rest of his life. He paid for her to just go wherever he was. They yep. lived together for the rest of his life. And she is the only person on earth he had any kind of emotional connection to. And Herb, because he was going to kill Roger anyway, thought there's no reason to leave her alive. She's a loose end. So, boom. Yeah. And that is that is the straw that broke the camel back. The camel's back. Yep. And and that's why, and that's the key part of the episode, he had, like, before the bottling company speech, that beautiful scene, like, he had already turned on Herb Her. when he finds out about Preet's death. Yep. And it's, and everything that happens out there after that is just him finding out he was right. He was right to turn on Herb, and he was right that this all was just about, <laughs> like, a herb catcher's triumphant return into the beltway, right? So he can go back to DC with his head uh, held high as the guy who freed Il Pavo and start going going to his Georgetown cocktail parties and being celebrated again. And that's that's what he wants. Like it was ego for Herb just as much as it was ego for everybody else. And that's the brilliant part of it. Wow. God, such an episode. <laughs> Like, is there anything wrong with this episode? No, there was nothing wrong with this episode. Like, it's this so one, I perfect. Mean, it, from beginning to end, when you watch, because the setup is in the episode before. Yeah, every piece of it is in the episode before. Every, yes, every piece that makes this believable and makes Rogers turning on her believable was set up in the episode before. Yep. So, I mean, it, it, it's, as I say, I mean, I, I call this for the most part a tour de force in writing oh yeah i i would agree with that completely um it it yeah it's just it's one of the finest episodes that wise guy will ever do it's some of the finest acting they ever had like and the fact that the payoff is that they have set this up for an entire season right from that first line in independent operator where he says it, this is all the same stuff I used to do in the NOM for $465 a month. Yep. He's still, like, hit, this is one of my favorite portraits of PTSD. Like, yep. he never got over any of this stuff. Oh, oh by the way, and uh, did you notice the first ever example of a TV show, earliest example of a TV show we've ever seen attacking uh, therapy? Yeah, the, episode, yeah, Frank the says, line Frank says, says this generation's <laughs> going to do for therapy what Eisenhower did for golf. For golf, I know. <laughs> it was such a funny line. Such a funny line. But it's like, man, people hate therapy. Well, yeah, people do hate therapy. I <laughs> know, <laughs> right? For a whole bunch of different reasons. Yeah. Oh, it's it's an I mean, I don't I, I was like sometimes when we talk about a thing we love I worry that we're going to oversell it, right? And that people are going to see it for themselves and be disappointed. 
And I know that Wise Guy's an old show and it doesn't look like a modern TV show. And it is the 80s and nobody has a cell phone. And this is, this kind of stuff can be weird to watch. I completely get that. Oh, the, the, the computers. The computers they use in this show. You like know? you're looking at them. I mean, that was even clear. Like no computer could do that that fast. I know back, back then. then. I know. There was I, just no You can't way. search a database in one second back then. Not you know, well, you know, th there's, there's, uh, this is going to take me time, says yeah. uh, Lighthouse. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sends lifeguard. Lifeboat. Yeah. Lifeguard. lifeguard. Yeah, I know. You know no, it's exactly uh, like and, that. <laughs> and, and I'm going, I'm going, but almost nothing was on, first of all, on database. <laughs> yeah, it was so hard to get stuff out of databases and, and back then. searching anything took so forever. Oh my God, lifeguard prints, lifeguard prints something on one of those old style printers with the dot matrix and with the, but, the dots on the side to run it through the rollers safely. <laughs> I know. The amount of times in my life. I, I took have... apart a printer and had to reattach the the paper, like fix a paper jam by pulling it out and reattaching it to the roller spikes. Oh my god! I still have dot matrix paper. Paper here. lying around. I know, and I'm glad you kept it as a souvenir. It's like the, these weird things. I can still remember my thesis yeah. supervisor. Her only comment when I handed her something to read one of my chapters and stuff the first thing she did was bitch about the fact that i hadn't taken off the the dots like the 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 sides of the um the, of the oh paper yeah, the, you because you right i forgot you had to tear off the, you had the, to tear, the, those, the tear things those things off i completely forgot you were supposed and to tear separate those off before it. you handed everything in Right, well, they're like, I can't, you can't hand me an accordion with these dots on the side. Separate every page and put a paper clip at the top. Staple. God, I forgot yeah. about that. Wow. I mean, give me a break. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, tell, but anyway. I, I got knocked points on a paper once because it was folded. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, it's, it's, it's all a bunch of, like, penny ante martinets. You know, the people with a tiny bit of power in this area, and they're just really strict about the tiny amount of power they have. It is amazing sometimes, but it's that <sighs> way. Uh, never mind. We don't want to go down. We're not that here to talk about academia. Ra rabbit hole. Uh, but anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is, and we're going to talk about the season in review, like this arc in review next and week. the season in review next week. But like, I know it sounds crazy, but it's worth what, like this episode is so good. And the climax of this story because yeah. this, this next week gives us what we didn't get in um, the Sunny Steel Sunny. Grave Art, yeah. which is we have a denouement. We have yeah. what's next. And we talked about this before, how Last Rites for Lucci is an emotional, in some ways, denouement for Vinny. It's not a denouement for the story you just watched. Right. Whereas this absolutely is. The next episode yep. is fantastic. But if you've just been listening to us, first off, I hope you enjoyed it, even though you didn't watch Wise Guy and you don't know what we're talking about. I hope you've loved it anyway. But I can't stress that even though you've heard us talk about everything, like this ramps up to being so powerful that it's worth watching the whole show, that whole first season. It truly yeah. is. Yeah. So please consider that, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And if you're in the United States, of course, you can watch Wise Guy. And... On Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely and, do that you know anyway so that's it for today thank you so much for listening if you have any questions or comments or if there's any profiling related fiction you think we should check out please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds@gmail.com. at gmail.com we would love to hear from you 
If you were listening to us on some sort of an app or podcatcher, please rate and review it because that is how new people find the show. We're going to see you back here next week for episode 21, Date with an Angel, the final episode of the first season, and then a conversation both about the arc and about the season as a whole. So strap in, it might be a long one. (laughs) Just knowing us, you know, knowing us might be a long one. Yeah, and there are about 500 people out there who listen to us almost, you know. Religiously. So thank you so much for that, by the way. Yeah. Religiously doesn't mean uh, you worship us when you say do something religiously. We mean do it with the regularity of going to church every Sunday. (laughs) That's all that means, by the way. In a modern secular society, people have forgotten what some of these aphorisms mean. (laughs) All right, so we'll see you back here for that. But until then, I'm going to say au revoir. Have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.